You're welcome. Blog Talk Radio. I know the Bible is right. It's a Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and never had it so good gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Well, the Bible is right. The Bible is right. I thank God the Bible is right. You know, that has to be my signature statement, that the Bible is right, because I believe it's so. Amen. Glory to God. Saints of God, I thank God for you. I thank God that God has permitted us to be back together on the show tonight. Glory to God. And if you've been with us any amount of time, you know that we're in the book of Proverbs. And you also know that I don't get to pick out the subject matter on each show. What it, what happens is I do the, the scriptures in sequence. And so whatever the next scripture is in sequence, that's what we talk about that the, uh, for each and every show. And so uh, some nights we've, we've talked about finances. We've talked about the wicked. We've talked about heaven. We've talked about all kinds of subjects. Amen. And tonight, the, the subject matter is concerning fools. Amen. Fools. Uh, of all things to talk about, but it's the it's the next scripture and sequence. So we have to talk about what God provides for us and gives us. Amen. We're in Proverbs, the 24th chapter, and we've gotten down to the seventh verse. We've gotten down to the seventh verse. And the seventh verse says, wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. Now, in the first instance, what what does this what does this mean? In uh, ancient times, uh, there were cities and there were unwalled cities, and that's what it says. They were cities or a town, and they had no wall around it. And then they were walled cities. <laughs> Obvious, a city or a town with a wall around it. Well, if you have a wall around it, of course, you have to have a way for people to come in and out of the city through the walls. And 99.9% of the time, they did that through gates. They did that through gates. You might say, but Pastor, every, every city had to have gates. They had to get well. But they had some cities that 
There were no gates on the walls. The walls were solid all the way around. The way you got in and out of that city was they had hoists or I guess uh, would be the equivalent of today's elevator. It was a big crane hanging over the wall. And when a citizen or whoever or whatever, they would let the basket down. But these were big. These were big uh, things. And you would get on it, and they would crank you up. And that's the way you got in the city. There were no gates. But 99.999% of cities had gates, gates so that you could go in and out and so that if the enemy was coming, you could close the gates against the enemy so that they couldn't get in. Now, there was one thing peculiar uh, uh, people found out, and you can do almost the same experiment. Uh, if you, you could do this experiment. It's said that if you were to sit in the same place long enough, you would see whoever you wanted to see that eventually they would come by, that if they lived in the area, eventually they would come by. So let's say you wanted to see the carpenter, okay? Well, instead of going all through a big city searching for the carpenter, if you wanted to do this, you could sit at the gate. And if you sat there long enough, sooner or later, it may take two days, three days, four days, that carpenter is going to either have to be coming in or out of that gate. And then you would meet him as, hey, hey, so-and-so. Um, so I, I say that to say that gates became, one, a meeting place for people. The other, but the more important use of the gates was to do official business. They would do official business at the gate. They would, uh, the wise men of the city would come and the tunnel or whatever it was, however it was set up, they would sit at the gate. And any important business, uh, important people like the magistrate, the recorder of deeds, whatever it was, they would be sitting there. And if you wanted to conduct business, you could go there and talk to one. And the other guy, because he was an official, he'd be sitting at the gate. And you might need to go over and talk to him, too. This way, people didn't have to run all over town. They would come to the gates, and a lot of times, most of the officials would be sitting at the gates. There was another class of people that would be sitting at the gates, and that was wise men. Wise men used to sit at the gates because they could sit and meditate, and when they would run into another wise fellow, they could sit and they could talk. Now, you notice this verse says, wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. So you would have very wise men sitting around talking. And maybe a fool would come along, and he would recognize, uh, I can't, this subject is, uh, uh, these boys are wise, 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 wise. I don't have that kind of wisdom. And so that wisdom was too high for him, 
And at least he would have the common sense to keep his mouth closed because he knew that their wisdom was too high. You know, when I was a young Christian, I was reading about the word wisdom. And of course, in my early years, I read Proverbs and I read about how wise Solomon was and how wise David was. And although I heard about wisdom, and of course I read the Bible, which is full of wisdom and wisdom was wisdom, it really didn't, I really didn't understand true wisdom until I went to a little holiness church in Grand Prairie, Texas. And in that lady was a very, very, very devoted to God, godly lady, pastor. And she was godly. And when she opened up her mouth, I thought to myself, this is what the Bible was talking about when it talked about wisdom and the wisdom that Solomon had. That woman, I mean, she would, listen, the whole church, first of all, she spoke very little. She spoke very little. Uh, someone else would to service, start the services and do the services. Um, if a particular minister had the service that day, they would give the sermon. But everybody, no matter who it was, at the end of the sermon or whoever, they would ask her, they'd say, Pastor, did you want to say something? And almost the whole church would be on pins and needles because we'd be hoping she would say, well, yes, I, I, I do have something I want to say. And, boy, we would be so happy because pastor was going to say something. And you talk about wisdom flowing out of a human being's mouth. That's when I really understood about the wisdom of Solomon. I thought if Solomon had the, the wisdom of this lady, and the Bible says that he had the greatest wisdom, and after her, after him, in terms of flesh and blood, there would not be another like him. But I thought so, this had to be like Solomon had to be like this. Good gracious! And when she began speaking, you did not want to open your mouth. It says, "The fool openeth not his mouth in the gate." Why? Because he recognizes that he's in he's in in around superior wisdom. And he knows this wisdom is too high for me. Wherever this comes from, however they got it, I am no, I'm nowhere in the in that. I can't even swim in that ocean. Amen. And pastor, we would wait on pins and needles, hoping, 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 hoping. Now, about oh, I'd say seventy percent of the time, she would say when they asked her, Pastor, do you want to say anything? You have words. That's the expression they used to use in holiness churches. Do you have words? Do you want to have words? And about 70% of the time she would say, no, I have something I could say, but it's not for this time. And she wouldn't say anything. We'd be so disappointed because we wanted to hear from the, that woman had wisdom. She had wisdom. She got more wisdom than I got. If you, I, I don't think I teach Proverbs. I think I teach it okay. You should have heard Pastor teach it. 
And um, so, um, so we would we would be waiting. Please say something. Please say something. And when she would, on those few occasions, when she would stand up and begin to talk about something, no foolishness came out of her mouth. No craziness. No, I can't explain it to you. Only thing I can tell you is your mouth would drop open. You could not, where is she getting this kind of wisdom? Where? We knew who this person was. You know, this was basically, I'm just talking financially now. Financially, this was basically a poor black woman who lived with our pastor, and she was his wife, but she was the pastor. But he was at that time while she was alive. He wasn't pastor, but he conducted the services. So we knew where 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 she lived, and we, we knew she wasn't a rich lady. So we knew she didn't go to Bible school because she was tickled when she found out I was going to Bible school. She was just thrilled. I wasn't so, but but she was really thrilled. But um, but she didn't go to Bible school, and she came from a little small rural town, small town in Texas. You you wouldn't can anything good come out of Nazareth? And um and uh, so. So we knew, you know, she had no great formal training. She didn't, she didn't know the greats of the world. And how did she now see? You have to understand, saints. At the time, I was very impressed. I went to I went to Kenneth Hagen's school in, and as far as I'm concerned, it's the best Bible school in the country. But I'm going to say that because I'm alumni, okay? But I thought it was the best Bible school in the country. Let's see. I've been there. I've been to Kenneth Copeland's church and uh, church and everything, and a bunch of uh, Keith Moore. Keith Moore, who's on television now, he was my teacher, and I could go on and on and on. What What am I saying? Am I trying to drop names to impress? No. What I'm saying is, I was around giants, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, people who I thought was just to the moon. Okay. And here's this little unknown uh, uh, lady uh, in Grand Prairie, Texas, uh, unknown. Listen, this woman was so what people, other other big-time ministers would, would sneak through the side door just to have her lay hands on them and anoint them and everything. And then they'd sneak out the door and go back to their big congregations. And nobody heard of, of uh, Travis. Nobody heard of Travis uh, Lawrence. Amen. I mean, the congregation did, but the people did. She wasn't on TV. She wasn't on radio. We used to beg her, please write books. Please write books. And she said, yes, I think I, think I, I will try to write a book. But she didn't because um, uh, the Lord came and got her before she could write a book. So I say that. Then I understood what this meant. When you come into the presence of real wisdom coming out of somebody's mouth, this scripture is true. Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. If a fool was to go in that little holiness church, he wouldn't even begin to open. We were full-blown saints, and we wouldn't open up our mouth. This woman had, had, had 
She loved God with all her heart, all her soul. She would spend whole days just with God, wrapped up in sheets, praying on the praying and talking to God. And they got so close. Whoa, you talk about wisdom and and people coming in and speaking with her. They knew immediately. Whoa, I'm she's in a different league than I'm in. Amen. Not that. She was more saved. And I'm, I'm, I'm not coming from that. I'm just speaking from raw wisdom. Listen, I'm up against a break. Hold on. I'll be right back. We're going to, just, we're going to explore another angle of this. I'll be right back. Hold on. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. Beloved, we're talking about the subject matter for this, this night comes uh, uh, falls to talking about fools and how when they're in the presence of profound wisdom, they do not open up their mouth because they recognize this person knows more than I do. I'm a fool, but I better shut up. I better not stand up and try to fake it because these folks are for real. Okay, but there's another aspect here. Um, I, I, I believe that that's the literal meaning of that verse, but there's, uh, there's some more to it. Uh, look at Psalms 14.1. In Psalms 14.1, it says, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. And then in Psalm 53.1, it says the, the exact thing. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So who does the Bible say is a fool? The Bible says that the man who doesn't believe in God is a fool. He is a fool. Amen. That the Bible says so. Amen. And and um, if I hadn't got saved the way I got saved, I would have wondered about that verse. Uh, but the, because of the way I got saved, I understand that the person who is not saved is a fool. Because without the way I got saved, I'd have said, well, how can you call the guy a fool? He may not know that there's a God. He wouldn't know somebody's up in heaven. So without knowing, he uh, you, you, how are you going to call him? You could just say he's a agnostic. He doesn't know. Or you could call him stupid or something like that. But he's really not a fool. He doesn't know if there's a God in heaven. But I can call him a fool because of the way I got saved. 
Well, Pastor, how'd you get saved then? How I got saved, and I'll make this real short because I'm not here tonight for my testimony. This is talking about Fool's Night. Amen. But the way I got saved, to make it short and quick, I, I was an atheist in college. I was an atheist. And I asked God one night, about 3.30 in the morning, I asked God. I said, God, if you're there, could you please let me know? Could you please let me know? I don't believe in you. I don't even believe you're there. But just in case I'm wrong, would you please let me know? I don't believe in you, and I don't believe you're there. And the very next day, see, I had said in my heart that there was no God. I didn't believe there was no God. But one day, because so many things I couldn't explain in my college education, I was so smart. You know, I went to college and I read books and I knew everything. You couldn't tell me nothing. I read a couple of books and I went off to college. So I was just brilliant. I knew it all. And I didn't run into God, so surely there can't be no God. What is on this stuff about God? That's for weak people. Amen. So I didn't believe in God. But because of what I saw around me and the spiritual things that were happening around, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, something else is else is going on in this universe. Something else is happening here. So uh, at 3.30 in the morning, I ask God, I say, God, if you're up there, please make yourself known to me. What do I do? Run around the block, jump up and down? Do I go to somebody's church? Do I fall down on the ground? What do I do? I don't know nothing about you. And I don't even believe you there, by the way. And so, but if you there, send somebody to me or, let, or something to let me know what to do, how to do, what I should do. The very next morning, the very next morning, the very next morning, when I came into my office, two people came. And the, and the secretary said, Mr. Williams, two people here to see you. And to make a long story short, in, in there talking to me, they started talking about Jesus, and they finally uh, told me, Mr. Williams, you need to get saved. And uh, I, now I'm a college boy, okay? Uh, save, save, what that, save. What you mean, save? They said, uh, oh, um, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, and uh, you need to get saved. You're a sinner. You need to repent. Bible says you're a sinner. You need to repent and ask Jesus to come into your life and save you. And I, I, I actually thought these people are a little strange and weird. I heard all this. I ain't heard none of this stuff. Uh, I, I, and I asked them. I said, "Who, I, who is this Jesus person? You keep talking about Jesus. Jesus. Who is that? I don't know nothing about that. What y'all talking about?" I had only known textbooks and studying and things like that. And these people come in there talking about Jesus. Who that? I don't know no Jesus. I don't know no. And then they start talking about, you need to get saved. How am I supposed to know what saved is? I'm a college boy. Saved ain't in no textbook I ever read. So they open up. They said, Mr. Williams, can we open up the Bible and show you this scripture? And they open up the Bible and showed me. I think it was Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so they said, see, Mr. Williams, you need to get saved. You need to repent of your sins. Ask Jesus to save you. So I, I still didn't know what they were talking about. So they said, uh, can we pray for you? And I thought to myself, if I let these crazy people pray, they may pray and then get out the office because I got to go to work. I got a whole work day ahead of me. 
and maybe if I let them pray, they'll leave. So they said, will you pray with us? I, I, I said, oh, okay. I kind of fervently said, okay. So they led me through the sinner's prayer, and that's a, the way it went. I, that's a laugh right there. But like I say, we're not talking about my testimony tonight, so I'll just keep going. So to make a long story short, after a long a process, I finally said, uh, Jesus, come into my heart and save me, something to that effect. And uh, Jesus sure did. He just did just that. And so, um, and so I I found out. I found out. How did I find out about God? See, the fool can say in his heart, "There is no God," but that's going to be no excuse when he gets up to heaven. Well, I didn't know. I'm a fool. I didn't know about. I, no one came and told me. So God's going to ask them. Well, why didn't you ask? If you didn't know, why didn't you ask? All you had to do was say, I don't know if there's a God. Could you please show me and prove to me that you are God and you there? And then God would have led you to Jesus Christ because he is the door. What is the door? The door is the access into the house or into the kingdom of God. You got to go through Jesus Christ. Want it or not, like it or not. Why do I got to go through Jesus Christ? Because he died on the cross for you. He died on the cross for your sins. That's why. Amen. So, um, and so the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So the Bible calls him a fool. Now, the Bible instructs us as saints of God not to call anybody else a fool, but we can call uh, 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 a person that in their heart says they don't believe in God, a fool, because are they going to go into all eternity believing that there's not a God when all they had to do, God is just one prayer away, one question away, one just one breath away, all they have to do. Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it, it doesn't say whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord eloquently or perfectly or biblically or you sound like a pastor when you say it. No, you say it in your own words from the depth of your heart. Look, God, I don't know how to talk to you, but um, I need your help. I, I want to get to heaven. Please uh, uh, make it possible for me to get to heaven. Now, if you say that, God sees your, knows what you're saying from your heart. And he knows what you're after. So what's he going to do? He's going to lead you to someone that's going to tell you about Jesus. He's going to lead you to the door, Jesus Christ, to the Savior, to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. God is going to lead you to how to get to him. And you get to him through the door. Through Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. And so the fool in his own, listen, he doesn't even have to say it out loud. He could, let's say he's on a bus somewhere, or he's on a work break, or he's in chains, or he's in solitary confinement, or he's sitting in the president's office in the ante room, sitting in the oval, the ante room in the oval office, or he's in a cafeteria, or he's on a ship, or he's on a plane, wherever he is. He can bow his head and say, God, I don't understand all this stuff. 
But um, I want to get to you. How do I get to you? And God would show him how to do it. God would lead him. He, God would lead him to himself. Amen. So the Bible says the, a biblical definition of a fool, and I can call him a fool because you're only one prayer away from changing your entire destiny from a destiny in hell in the lake of fire to a destiny of, of spending, of being in the presence of God Almighty. Those are your two choices. There's no other two choices. You're either with God or you're away from God. And you're a fool if you out of, wait a minute. You're going to tell me, say a person lives, let's say 45 years old. That's not really old, but that's not young, young, young. 45. Let's say the person's 45. You had 45 years. You had 45 years. And you're going to tell me that out of 45 years, you didn't have time to just talk to God in your own language, not not biblically the way a, a, a Christian can do it, okay, like a saint of God could do it, like a pastor could lead you in it. Or a minister could lead you in it. You're going to tell me that in 45 years, you didn't have the time to say, God, uh, I don't know nothing about you. I, 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 don't even know, I don't even know if you exist. I don't know what the deal is. These people lying to me. Is this just a, a fairy tales? Is this made up? Is this something that people pulled out of a book somewhere and they're trying to get me to go to their church and give me their money? I don't know. Could you please tell me if this is for real? If you for real, lead me to you. How I get to you, God? How do I find out about you? How, in fact, how do I know you real? How do I know? You know what people do? You know what atheists do? They go around and ask other people. Prove to us that there's a God. God don't say you're saved by going and asking somebody else to prove that he's God. That, that, ain't, the way you, that ain't the way you get to know God. You're, you're, you're saved by faith. You're saved by faith in God, not going to other people. Amen. So the Bible says the person who doesn't uh, believe in God, who says in his heart there is no God, they're a fool. That's why I have to tell young ladies and young men, when you're considering marriage, please don't marry an unbeliever. Why? Because the Bible calls them a fool. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You don't want to marry a fool. You want to marry a full-fledged a man or a woman of God. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. The Bible has the answers. See you next week. Bye-bye now. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams. 
Live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level.